you want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Round one. We all went for Sydney, bar uh, one bloke who went for Hawthorne. One that knows the numbers. Five contested possessions for Zach Dawson. With sizzling hot takes. I'm not even sure it's the worst trade Carlton have done in the last five years, to be honest. <laughs> and unique analysis. Everyone knows a redhead that's just good at football. You want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! Uh, round five. It's uh, another round of footy done, and there's a Collingwood supporter just... Real flat sort of uh, feeling. Just lost 10, 20 bucks on Clarendon Street too, boys. So you, you can imagine I'm in a really good mood today. It is a Greenfield Post footy podcast. Uh, I am joined today by Rudy Edsel. G'day, guys. Yes, hey, Rudy. Uh, Eith, how are you going, mate? Good. A bit more lively than you are, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, the D still didn't get a win either, but... Uh, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty used to that one now. Well, that's it. My uh, mob of five and zip, so... I'm well oh, pissed about. Anyone want to ask any questions? Well, we will get on to that. And, of course, uh, I'm Rabs Warren as well. Performers of the week, boys. Let's kick it off straight away. Uh, five days of footy. It feels like three years ago that Port Adelaide played Carlton and one of the best uh, Friday night footy games going around. Yeah. <laughs> That's nah. a very good noise. Uh, well, talking to Port Adelaide Carlton, I think uh, there's one man who, who stood out, Ethan, and uh, he's one of your favourites, isn't he? Yeah, it feels like eons ago, but my performer of the week was by far Robbie Gray. Uh, he's moved to the forward line this year. I think he might have a groin injury or something like that. He didn't look didn't look 100% when he was moving or kicking, but he's still 22 touches, 21 of those in the forward half, kicked five goals, four. If he kicks, I, I said it during the first quarter, if, like Robbie Gray could have 12 here if he wanted, and in the end, it doesn't seem like I was kidding. No. <laughs> he probably could have had, had, had 12 if he wanted. Didn't have a great year last year, did he? Because because uh, of injuries, started off the first game this year was pretty flat, and then he's just gone bang since then. He doesn't like playing in Sydney for some reason, but yeah, he, um, thirty touches, six goals against who was it in round two, and then five goals against Carlton in um, round five. He was a top five midfield in competition two years ago. It was Freo. It was Freo that he that he had that six against goals against Freo. <laughs> the way he's going, he'll be a top five forward in the comp. He's, he's very, very, very good. And they've got the luxury to be able to play him in the forward line now because they've got some really good midfielders just rolling through there now. Ebert, Wines, Boke. I mean, their, their midfield's very good. Even down to Pow Pepper and oh, Hamish Hartlett. Hamish he's Hartlett. sort of struggling this season, isn't he? <laughs> they overpaid for Hamish Hartlett in the end, didn't they? Well, they tried to get rid of it at the end of last year that's because what, they realised they overpaid. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's he's <laughs> taking up a huge amount of their cap. So. But Warby anyway. Gay, he he's, he's goes a long way to to uh, why Port Adelaide are performing this year because he's mm. back performing. Port Adelaide are back performing. Uh, Rudy, who stood out for you this weekend? Well, not uh, going to be a shock to most. I wouldn't have thought that I'm going to go with Joel Selwood. <laughs> no, <laughs> to I, be um, fair, really, his, his performance was amazing. Yeah, his performance was was ridiculous. Really, in the second half when the Cats were um, were up against it, uh, he just put the, the whole team on his shoulders and just carried them. He had 30 touches in uh, in the second half, and he kicked a, a, a huge clutch goal as well. Had a hand in heaps of others. That, I did have is, some stats, mental. but my computer's dead. That is um, mental. 30 touches in a half of 40. The all-time record is 53. Mm-hmm. And he's had 30 and a half. Mm. And he's not ludicrous. He's not even, it's not like he's a massively prolific ablet. Esque ball winner, no. either he's not. You know, he um, he works for you, you, know, you say that, but he's one of those guys. It's like if you're watching him live, you you think oh you haven't seen him, and then all of a sudden he's got 20 possessions because because he's the one getting those handballs out yeah. from the pack. He also um, he also took eight marks and had uh, nine tackles. So it's you know he's a uh, it's pretty much a complete performance. It I don't is. Yeah. I don't have more stats than that to hand because as I said my computer's dead, but uh, it was. Um, yeah, it was a, a seriously good performance. The marks element surprises me. Tackles, 
doesn't. That's pretty much average for Josh Selwood, isn't yeah. it? Nine. Well, he, he's very, he's very good. Uh, he's a very good contested player, and that um, that translates to marking as well. Mm. And he just and um, let's say the only thing he's added to his game in the last few years, the only knock on him for the first few years of his career was goal kicking, and he kicks goals now as well, and and huge ones. It's, so, is it the luxury for not having to be the number one midfielder now? Do you reckon? Oh, it definitely weighed on him that year prior to Dangerfield coming. That was twenty fifteen. He had a pretty. Well, I mean, he still had a good year, but it was a you know for it his was standards. For him. Yeah. Um, but yes, danger, danger field just, yeah, takes the, uh, the, the onus off him a bit and, and gives him a bit of a chance to, to, yeah, do what he does. It might, yeah. It would be a luxury having the best midfielder in a comp just, uh, standing next to you, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Isaac day Eve, uh, was it Monday night? Fantastic, uh, fantastic event. And we'll talk about that soon. But the one guy who stood out for me this round was Jack Rewalt. Much maligned Jack Rewalt. Six goals, two. He was the only multiple goal scorer for Richmond in a bloody good game of footy, and he really stood up. That snap, the first goal of the game he kicked, and I think he kicked the sealer as well. And when he gets that crazy look in his eyes after the siren, he just runs around. If you're a Richmond supporter, how much would you love Jack Rewalt? How much would you love him in your side? Just knowing how passionate he is. I saw a Melbourne fan say after the game that they would you know, kick up a stink if they had Rewalt on the side. Nobody would kick up a stink no if way. they had Jack Rewalt. No. Ever, he's he's he's, he's you, brilliant. You can't yeah. help but love him. Like keeps his heart on his, his heart's very firmly planted on his sleeve as well. You always know what he's thinking. You mentioned the crazy eyes after the game. That's what I'd be loving if I was a Richmond fan. As much as the six goals, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing that makes you wonder why it took so long for him to get in the leadership group because he really gives a shit about Richmond. Yeah, he I've, properly gives a shit. Correct me if I'm wrong. I th- was he, he was in it, wasn't he? And then he got um. Cut out of it. Yeah, and then he was out for a few years. And then he came back in, and he's just so passionate. He had the crazy eyes. He was pulling at his jumper. And it was a bloody big win for Richmond. I mean, there's six six in a row now to start the season. And five. It's been five rounds. Five in a row. Sorry, yeah. mate. Five in a row to start <laughs> See, the I, season. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I understand this round did feel like it went for two oh, weeks. It seriously did. Um, well, we need to talk about um, Anzac Heath because it was a really bloody good um, spectacle, wasn't it, boys? It was. It was fantastic. Just... When there's 85k at the G, all you know, holding up their phone lights as the MCG goes completely black for the for the ceremony. It's just a surreal experience. It's really, if if you haven't been, you you just got to go. Do you think it's just one of those games you have to go to? Well, just quickly on that with the and it's, light, it's, it's it's amazing how quickly it's got there too. With, with the lights off, um, you know, with the phones, do the AFL need to do that for the poor games? Would Port Adelaide Carlton be better if they switched the lights off at Adelaide Oval and everyone held up their Nokia phones just to? <laughs> might have been, of, <laughs> might have been of a higher standard. <laughs> yeah, it might have been, uh, it, but it was fantastic, and the game lived up to it too, didn't it, boys? Yeah, I thought so. It was um, attritional. Mm. Uh, it wasn't the highest standard of footy I've seen this season, but um, both teams really had a crack. I suppose I suppose you'd say um, Melbourne. I thought uh, really gave a lot. It was really unlucky that they had those uh, those big injuries. Eve. Yeah. Um, well, it's the second time in a month that Jack Watts has had to rock the entire second half. So mm, yeah, it's, tough. It's, it's not fortunate, but. Like Melbourne led inside fifties, what fifty to thirty at three quarter time. They're only up by four goals. The margin should have been a lot greater than it was. That's where they lost the game. Mm. Definitely didn't lose it across half back because Jaden Hunt is one of my most favourite players in the AFL at the moment. That headband and the way he runs, Jesus, the flying headband. And people have very quickly forgotten how good Michael Hibbard was too. Mm. He was very good. 
I thought Clayton Oliver was seriously massive too. That third quarter was mm. was ridiculous. Well, we mentioned that uh, Melbourne basically didn't have a ruckman. Where where do you think Richmond are at now? They've won five in a row. But before you answer this question, I uh, just want to remind you, this is what you said uh, last week, Rudy. I am extremely comfortable in saying that I'm... I'm extremely comfortable in not saying that Richmond are the real deal. In fact, I wouldn't... I don't think I'd even have them in my top six... Still, uh, still think that after five and zero, or have I mistakenly said six and zero? Uh, I absolutely still think that. <laughs> really, at the, at the end of the day, who have they? Who have they beaten? Like, no one really. Five teams. Yes. So, okay, <laughs> let's let's look at the five teams they've beaten. Then, shall we, Ethan Carlton? Nah. Mm, yep. So they've beaten Carlton. I was waiting for my phone Brisbane. to load up here. Brisbane, yep. Collingwood, Brisbane, Collingwood, Frio. Frio and and then Melbourne, a hamstrung Melbourne with Jack Watts in the ruck and two blokes. No, not Frio, West Coast. West Coast, West Coast sorry. sorry. Yeah, in West Melbourne. Coast, West Coast in Melbourne. That's like... Which we'll talk about. We'll talk about that later. It looked more meritorious than it was. I just, I don't, I thought actually thought they were awful for large stretches on Monday night, uh, Richmond. Uh, I honestly thought the, the Ds were home uh, just before three quarter time. They weren't, obviously. I had forgotten they had two on the bench. I, yeah, I just, there's not much that Richmond's doing. It's like they're playing better. They're winning games last year that they probably would have lost. But, I mean, that just takes them from p- poor to mediocre, in my opinion. I still don't think they're, well, okay, maybe at a stretch, the sixth best side in the comp. I'll, I'll give them that. Last week, I said they weren't in my top six. Maybe they're sixth now. Now they're not in your top five. Yeah. Now they're so they're making ground. They're yeah. making <laughs> ground. Well, just beat someone decent. They play Adelaide away this week, and it's going to be the first time we learn anything of any substance about Richmond, I think. Oh, I don't think that's true. Okay, fine. You're right. You're probably right there. But it's going to be, the, it's going to be a real test of where they're actually at. Yeah, like, I, I, I expect them, I'll put it this way, I expect them to lose pretty comfortably to Adelaide, in Adelaide. Fair enough. Um, what... What you touched on, and I think is a very good point, is that last season, maybe seasons before, they were the sort of team that would play three quarters and lose. On Monday night, they played one quarter and won. Yeah, yeah. And that is a huge stepping stone. That's that's the difference between making top eight and not, is winning those games that they would have lost. And they've done that when the game was on the line against West Coast. It's like, I oh know it's West Coast in Melbourne, but they won that. Uh, game was sort of in the balance against Collingwood. They still won that, and that was a... You know, Collingwood looked all right that that night, and against Melbourne, they were down by four goals at three quarter time. And they won. Mm. Do, do they play the D's again this season? Don't think so. Okay, so the next time they play Melbourne will be when they lose to them in the finals. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Melbourne's got to make the finals. They've got no ruckman. Cam Pedersen's going to have to ruck for you guys. It'll be um, James Harms and Alex Neil Bullen on each other's shoulders. I think. <laughs> <laughs> sort a, of a Vincent Adolman tr- type getup. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a trench coat like the um, the little rascals. <laughs> <laughs> they stuck. They. I mean, Melbourne should have been up by a few goals at quarter time if it wasn't for inaccuracy, yeah. and then Richmond has kicked the last five that goals. That sounds of the game. familiar. Mm. It really inaccurate. does. I still think. Um, just on Melbourne briefly, I still think, I think they would have won at least two of the last three if Jordan Lewis was playing. Put it that way. Okay. I don't think they, he's so good at uh, slowing the game down and, and, you know, changing the tempo of it. Like, I think if you go into a, if they go into the, the third, they go into three quarter time, four goals up, Jordan Lewis is playing, even with two on the bench, I still think they win that game. They're, they're the sort of team, last year was St Kilda. I remember a couple of years ago, it was maybe before that, it was North. They're going to finish ninth. They're going to finish 10th, but they're the one team that will be outside the eight that it, you just yeah. sit there and think they should be playing finals. They'll finish 10th with a, a percentage of like 111 or something. Yeah. 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 Well, as we said, Richmond has started five and zero. for them to not make the finals. They would have to have a capitulation 
of Richmond proportion. So, yeah, it's not out <laughs> no, of the they question. Should, they should make the finals from here, surely. Yeah, surely they make the it's finals. It's not out of the question. Uh, we spoke about Anzac Day Eve. Uh, let's chat a little bit about Anzac Day itself, Collingwood Essendon or Essendon Collingwood. Um, I was there, and as a Collingwood fan, it is just, it's beyond breaking point for us. I don't know. We've been, the same things have been said for the last five years. We go backwards, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, Buckley's getting his head, head called for, and then he comes out and says, we're not going to be panicked into making the decision. It's been five years. I don't think five years is going to be a, a panicked decision. Five years, and there's no game plan still. I've, I've, you know, I feel like a broken record at this point. You know, pressure and physicality and tackling is not a game plan. It's a style. It's, it's, it's like a mental, a mental thought process, you know, something you something you talk about, but not something you strategize during the week. You know, you, you don't say, okay, you're going to tackle here, tackle there. There's no game plan on the outside. Once the ball gets on the outside, they're stuffed. Hmm. Um, someone tweeted after the game that Essendon were, Essendon outscored Collingwood by 50 points from defensive half ball. We movements. don't spread. 50, so, yeah, 58 to nine, something so like that. For someone that's not part computer, Ethan, that means that. <laughs> which is, which is <coughs> basically. Like, so does that mean that they're not only not, able to get the ball out of their back half. It's also coming out out of the other team's back half. It's also coming out of their own back half too easily. Is that what you mean? Can I answer that as a, as a Collingwood fan? Yeah, go Watching for it. live the last two weeks, we can get the ball out of our own defensive half fine. But Ethan just said they had eight points, scored eight points from defensive chains. But once we get out of our defense and we get to the midfield or just that part between the 50s, then we've got nothing to go to. Then the turnover happens, and then our players, our midfielders, and our half backs and half forwards aren't um, willing to run back hard enough. So you have a Ratio Fantasia one on one out, or you have Josh Green one on one out, or you have bloody uh, Danaher clunking one on one out against the bloke who's a foot shorter than him. We just don't run hard enough. Yeah, so once, once the ball's on the outside, there is absolutely nothing. nothing. Collingwood needed it to piss down. <laughs> on Anzac Day for them to be a chance. And it did. It did six it, hours too early. I found it interesting. Um, I found it interesting. They seem to have just, like, the the style they're playing is is more or less irrelevant in 2017, isn't it? Like, if you look at the better teams at the moment, like the, the thing they've mostly got in common is, like, quick ball movement. And Collingwood seem to want to slow it down every time they get it. And it's, it's not really... It's just that, that game plan or, you know, lack of game plan, I suppose, <laughs> is more or less superseded now. You can't, you just Absolutely. can't play that. You just can't play that style. This, and it's going to, it's going to cost them well, badly. In the, it is costing them. In the members chat that the Buckley and, and uh, Eddie hosted at the end of last year, he said, we want to play the same style of football that the Bulldogs does. We're doing the opposite of what the Bulldogs do. The Bulldogs run and they, they, they're really quick with quick ball movement. Like Rudy just said, we stop, we go sideways, backward, backwards. You know, it's just ridiculous. Um, and Eddie was on Triple M this morning. And I want to get your thoughts on what he said here. I want you guys to read between the lines and tell me what you actually think he's saying here. Every time I've looked for Nathan Buckley, as a player, as a person, as a coach, he has never let me or the Collingwood Football Club down. Any time that he has been required to step to the line. He steps, and he steps forward before you even ask him to. There has been no greater servant of the Collingwood Football Club. There is no better person to have our club's future in his hands than Nathan Buckley. He will do whatever is required to the best of his ability. Now, the results will come, and the results will be decided upon, and action will be taken because no person, whether it's the president or the coach or a player, 
or anybody is bigger than the club. Now, to me, that actually sounds like Buckley might step aside. Yeah, I was, I was going to say he might be leaving the club to the best of his ability. Mm. <laughs> Gardening leave, they call it, don't they? <laughs> so what, you're, what you think is, is going on there is that Bucks will uh, fall on his sword as such. Uh, yeah, I don't think that I don't think one that Eddie Maguire would let um, Nathan Buckley uh, uh, be sacked because I don't think he'll let. Um, you know, I think it would be a blight on Nathan Buckley, and I think that's what Eddie thinks as well. And I think the the noble thing for for Bucks to do would be to fall on his sword. Imagine the story: Collingwood sacks coach. Yeah, the, 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 Collingwood sacks Buckley. Mm. Collingwood sacks Buckley. Just mm. I don't think someone like Eddie would ever let that happen. And no. I, I don't think I don't think Nathan Buckley, who's played. And Coach Collingwood would ever let that happen either. Well, it's it's going to get ugly because we've got Geelong this week, um, which we'll lose. Or actually, it'll be a very Collingwood thing to come out and come beat out you guys. and win that. Yeah, and then we got until, until a classic Geelong fourth quarter rolls around. They kick fifteen goals yeah. and win by ninety points. <laughs> um, just briefly on that, there's a, a train of thought getting around that uh, Eddie's so intrinsically linked to the Buckley uh, coaching role that he'd have to sort of fall on his sword as well. What do you make of that? I would very much prefer if Eddie and Gary Pert both fell on their swords at the same time because the amount of upheaval that some of the shithouse decisions that they have pioneered themselves at board level, well, not even at board level, they've just gone and done it themselves. These, I think they these are gutsy comments to make in the studios at Triple M, I'll yeah, tell you what. <laughs> uh, mate, I mean, you just have to look no further than the Gubby Allen decision. It is absolutely ridiculous. So... I would, I would very much prefer a, a big changing of the sword. And I'm not someone who likes to advocate for coaches to be sacked because I think it's sometimes bigger than that. But when you continuously go backwards for five years as a football club, winning 20 of the last 50 games, I don't think sacking Nathan Buckley or Nathan Buckley <laughs> leaving I, I, would be a panicked decision. I don't want to sack anyone, but sack everyone. Yes, <laughs> basically. Sack absolutely everyone. Right. Um, let's refocus. I thought Essendon were quite exciting yesterday. It must be so relieving. It's even as a non-Essendon fan, and I, you know, Essendon fans would would know my thoughts there. But it's really relieving to like watch them so free of baggage and and like so um, so exciting. They're just they're actually fun to watch at the moment. Essendon. Yeah, the the, the the all the pressure's off, and like the 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 ceiling has been lifted, or whatever strange metaphor you can think of. Um, <laughs> I was saying Robbie Gray is probably a top five forward in the comp. Rossio Fantasia might be sixth. Yep. Mm. He's, yeah. he's kicked, what, 14 goals this season? He's a he's a live wire. He, mm. He's kicked 30 goals from his last 12 games, something like that. He's a properly good footballer. Yeah, puts, and, but he puts pressure on uh, defenders. I mean, you don't, you don't want to be a defender and have McDonald, Tip and Woody anywhere near you because you yeah. know he's going to be hanging off you. He's a jet. He's a jet too. Yeah, I really like Tip and, it's, Tip and Woody. Andrew McGrath yesterday who probably... I mean, shouldn't be at Essendon because they shouldn't have had the number one draft pick. But anyway, he's there. And his game yesterday was better than when he got nominated for uh, the Rising Star. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was really good. Yes, they had winners basically everywhere, didn't they? Mm. Um, I was, Except the Rock. I thought Grundy dominated Lewin. Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah. As expected. You, yeah, you would expect Grundy, that. Grundy had 12 touches. Hitouts wise. Yeah. I, I still think, like back on the Collingwood once again, that. Grundy's got to play Sol Rock. Mm. Grundy had 35 touches, uh, 35 hitouts to Lewenberg's 32. Oh, okay. So, well, there you go. 
Yeah, then, but then uh, Cox had 11 hitouts to Danaher's three, so maybe you can say Collingwood dominated the round. And Danaher got one Anzac Day medal to Cox's zero. So <laughs> just qu- the last thing we'll say about this game, because I really don't ever want to think about it again, is I thought Daniel Wells' first game in a Collingwood jumper was terrific. We were we were quietly giggling, Ethan and I, in the office. Um, he'd had two touches to quarter time, both of them turnovers. Then he had nine touches and five clearances in the second quarter and nine touches, two goals <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the third. And we were like... Okay, fine. Yep, you, you can have this one, Wells. You, you, you've done all right there. He was brilliant. He was very, very good. Uh, and the game was at the MCG, if you guys weren't aware. Um, West Coast probably weren't aware because they would much rather prefer to forget that the MCG actually exists. What is with these blokes in the MCG? Is it literally like the 10 extra meters in the pockets? Like, does that really, <laughs> does that really fuck up their game plan that badly? Honestly. What, what is it about the MCG? Apparently, I think four out of the last five, Ethan, you might know this, losses at the MCG for West Coast have come against Hawthorne. Yeah, they actually... Um, I'll tell you in 10 seconds. Like, to, to not, to, you know, to, 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 to take it back from the, the little joke I made there. Uh, it's three, it's three, actually, three of the last six, by the way. Three, well, there you go. Um, they looked genuinely, uh, like, traumatized, didn't they? they like, at times, they, they actually looked scared. Yeah. It was really weird. Like, Hawthorne... Uh, you know, the specter of Hawthorne, I thought was sort of demolished in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, West Coast like, sort of uh, openly pissed their pants. And there was a couple of times where they'd get within striking distance and then go, you could sort of see them tense up and go, oh, this is Hawthorne. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was really weird. Yeah, yeah. This ne- is never has Hawthorne been an easier kill than a few days ago. And they lost by 50 points. They lost, yeah, 50 points. That's, How I does thought, that happen? Did you did you guys hear Wayne Carey on on um, on Triple M during the week said, you know, he basically said words to that effect. He said, if you can't beat Hawthorne at the MCG at this juncture, you're not a premiership there's clearly favorite. there's clearly issues with you know you you just you shit away basically is what he yeah. said, and it, that's that's fair enough. They don't play on the MCG again. I can't see them making the grand final. Um, I no. think West Coast are a myth, myth busted. West Coast. Mm. <laughs> I think your what was your exact quote? Downhill skiers. Oh, were... I said there's no one better. There's no one you'd prefer to have around more than West Coast when the, the, the chips are up and the track is flat and the slope is pointing downhill. Yeah. yeah. They and... are a bunch of frauds. Yeah, West they Coast. are a bunch of frauds. frauds. I, I, I put this point up and you know what? It might not be too bad because you know, it can save a bit of time, a bit of travel costs. Why not just forfeit the games they've got in Melbourne for the well, rest why, of the year? Why don't, why don't they just send East Perth over? Yeah. <laughs> Let bloody Mark Hutchings take on Hawthorne. Why out? <laughs> the last thing I want to say about was, did you boys see the footage last week of uh, Sam Butler uh, trance dancing before a game and sent you to see Sam Mitchell walk up behind him and just look at him with the biggest look of disgust you'll ever see in your whole entire life? <laughs> Sam Butler, no, the last I remaining had, member of their premiership side. I hadn't seen that. Well, that explains why he was trance dancing, doesn't it? <laughs> he was part <laughs> yes. of that premiership team. All right, oh boys, uh, it is one of the times, uh, one of our favourite times of the week. It is time for The Big Fella's Angry. It's Rudy's Rant. Still gets me every time. Yeah, I love it. Um, this week, I've got the fixtures in my sights. Friday night, Port Adelaide Carlton. That's like genuinely damaging to the AFL's brand to have that on. <laughs> Honestly, so Port won by 90 points. It could easily have been 150. Yeah. And... The third quarter that Carlton played was the worst quarter of football I have ever seen a team put out. <laughs> Honestly, they had two inside fifties for the quarter, and it was was it one one disposal in in front of half. It, it, of half. it was ninety one forward half possessions to one. Yeah, and that one was a turnover. 
And it was half a foot ahead of centre. No, like how, you know, how they can possibly be putting that up. Like every, everyone knows Carlton are going to be pathetic this season. They had a couple, remember they had like seven or eight the season uh, Malthouse got sacked and it was like pulling teeth. Same thing again this year. And I also wanted to say Channel 7 on Saturday night, they've picked Frio North Melbourne as the, the TV game ahead of Sydney versus GWS. Now, Frio North Melbourne ended up a pretty decent game. Shane Kirsten kicked the winning goal. Yeah, that's weird. Shane, Shane Kirsten? Mm. What? Um, but the, the, the other game is a, it's a, it's a derby or a derby, depending on which side of the Nullarbor you're from. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was the team that finished um, first last year versus the team that finished fourth last year. How on earth, how on earth has Freo North ended up on TV? I don't understand. What's, you know, who's made that decision? Is it a part, wasn't it a part of the, the bargaining, the TV rights deal that it, they had to spread it around a little bit more? So maybe that's why Port Adelaide and Carlton, who were pretty bad last year, got I that think, Friday I night. I think Fox get to choose some games. Yeah. Well, Fox, they'll dominate whatever they want to do, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you think Fox have chosen Sydney GWS to, but to, it, to it, go it, with? What, yeah. Why would they choose that game? Like. Surely there are many bigger blockbusters like Sydney JOS. That's a good game, mm. but like, I'll be looking at you know your Hawthorne Geelongs and stuff like that. Yeah, you know I, game games of that caliber, not your Sydney JWS. Yeah, I, I don't under, I don't understand. I don't, it. We've been taking for a bit of a ride decision. this year, I think, so far in the, particularly in the free to wear sort of stuff. And seven made on Monday night. I know you don't oh, yeah. find an issue too much with it, Rudy, but I think it's and for MKR. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure isn't. I don't really follow the TV ratings too closely, but isn't MKR one of the highest rating shows on TV? And it got outrated by seven, mate. It got outrated by the Richmond show, versus yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I think that uh, was a pretty poor decision from Channel 7. Before we wrap this up, boys, uh, give me something you are looking forward to in round six, ETH. Uh, I'm looking forward to GWS rolling the Bulldogs on Friday night because... Bulldogs are four and one, but they have coasted this year. First Friday night football game in uh, in Canberra too, by the way. And GWS are undefeated in Canberra since 2015. The Giants, they got rolled in round one. Since then, they've won four on the trot with a percentage of 180. Mm. They are wow. They're, they're still, wow. They're, they're still they're still a properly good. Football there's also side. there's also an underrated rivalry. Uh, yeah, there. those two teams genuinely hate each the other. Their co-captain is Callan Ward. Yeah, yeah. They genuinely hate each other, those two teams, and have for a long time. They play a very similar brand of footy, too. Very mm. quick. And uh, I think GWS probably uh, will be thinking about that uh, that evening in September as well. I think they'll mm. win by five or six goals. At the they'll, moment. They'll, at they'll, the... they'll win by eight. Mm. Well, at the I'm moment. putting it out there. Giants will win that game by eight goals. The Dogs don't really lose games by that much. I reckon they might. Mm, they, are, they have been pretty poor this year, the Dogs. Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. My, my friend's got hookups. I've got a catering... Pass ticket for uh, Collingwood Geelong on Sunday. It's the only, I've got three course meal and free beers. It's, it's the only way, the highlight of the game. For only you. way you're going to get me to the footy for the rest of the season if you give me free food and beer because I do not want to go watch Collingwood at all. <laughs> and uh, Rudy finishes off, mate. I'm pretty keen, honestly, for Essendon Melbourne. I I think these are probably the two most evenly matched teams of the weekend. Uh, I'm really excited. I think um, under the the roof at Eddie had um, Jordan Lewis back. I'd, I'd like to see Melbourne uh, make a statement here because they've really they've uh, really stuffed it up the last few weeks. So the only game we're not looking forward to on Sunday is the two five no teams Adelaide and Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> no, I expect Adelaide. Like I said earlier, I expect Adelaide to slaughter. I know Richmond. I, I just I reckon they're a good shout, Richmond. You reckon they're a good shout to win in Adelaide? They've been, the, they've been probably the best defensive team this year against 
definitely the best defensive team this year. I reckon it's a really intriguing contest. I, I've, I think you might have lost your marbles a little bit in that comment. It's pro- I, I, I'm, I'm not saying Richmond will win. I just think they're... I, I just don't think they'll get embarrassed like people do think they will. And I, I reckon maybe three goals, four goals. You've, You're right about, pro- 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 right about Richmond. They've conceded fewer points than anyone. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne had 61 inside 50s on Monday night and had and took four marks. Wow. What's yeah. that, what do you put that down to? Just a good back line. Okay. Alex Rance. Would Josh Jenkins be back? He's missed for a few games for nah, his ribs. he won't be back. You know David I mean? Asprey as well. He, mm-hmm. He's been in good form. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll, I don't think I don't think there's been any word about Josh Jenkins being sort of like I oh, will test, test, test the last few weeks. So I, I think pe- I think Adelaide's just hoping people will forget about it. Yeah, I think you're right because I think it's a lot worse than the very strange. If he's got broken ribs, just tell like, people he's like, got broken ribs. Like they've, they've obviously tripped up on the initial diagnosis. I think they're just trying to sweep it under the rug. Right. If I don't know. Do you know who the second most uh, the second best <laughs> defensive record is after Richmond? No, this is a, it's uh, it's Port Adelaide. Really? Yeah, they've conceded 20, fewer, uh, 20 more points than... Can we filter out games played against Carlton? <laughs> there should be, it should well, be, it should I, be I like a, a yeah. constant across any statistical analysis is exclude Carlton. Yeah, it pre- yeah just assume Add Carlton. Add to that list too, I think. Yeah, nah, it's funny with Collingwood, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at the Greenfield Post. Our website is greenfieldpost.com.au. Make sure you look us up on Facebook as well, the Greenfield Post. Until next week, we've got footy in two days, guys. Yeah, I know. So let's just take a breather. We'll be back on Monday with another Greenfield Post footy podcast.